This episode of Deep Dive is brought to you by Cicerone, publishers of over 350 guidebooks for walkers, trekkers, mountaineers, and cyclists around the world, including the recent guidebook to hiking and trekking in the Japan Alps and Mount Fuji. This handy pocketbook features 27 walks and treks across the Japan Alps and in the Mount Fuji area, and covers everything from short, easy walks to long, tough treks and thrilling scrambles. It contains high-quality and reliable information written by two experts on mountaineering in Japan and has all you need to know on travel, camping, mountain huts, and much, much more. Buy your copy now at www.cicerone.co.uk and we'll put a link for you in the description of this week's episode. So, Sakura, you're back in the studio and uh, last time I made a pun in the episode and you blasted me on Twitter for it. <laughs> So this time Which round, you so this time round, I've, I'm saving something special for the very end. Hello and welcome to Deep Dive, the podcast using echolocation to find its place in the world. I'm Oscar Boyd. On July 1st, Japan resumed commercial whaling for the first time in 31 years, after the country decided to officially withdraw from the International Whaling Commission, otherwise known as the IWC. That morning, eight hunting vessels left Japanese ports and within hours, two grey minke whales were brought to shore. By Thursday of the same week, whale meat was being auctioned across the country. Japan's exit from the IWC has received much criticism internationally, but supporters of whaling here are ecstatic at the decision, which will allow for commercial whaling within Japan's territorial waters. For many though, the reaction was one of anger and confusion. Why does Japan want to hunt whales when domestic consumption of the meat is low and the nation is not short of alternative sources of protein? So, on this week's episode, we explore the issue and ask, why is Japan whaling again? Japan has a long history of whaling. Some say it goes as far back as the Jomon period, which is usually dated around um, 10,000 to 200 BCE. That's Sakura Murakami, a staff writer for the Japan Times, who's been covering the issue of whaling. There are old Japanese texts dating back to the Edo period, which serves as a kind of manual for how to kill and dissect whales. There are rites and rituals in some regional areas around Japan involving whale hunting. So there's a long history of whaling in Japan, and the Japanese government's line has been that it's important to preserve that culture and tradition. And what about its more recent history? Japan stopped whaling during the Second World War, but after the war ended, Japan had a massive food shortage for some time, so whale meat became a huge part of the national diet. This was around the time whaling in Japan was at its peak, and the national consumption of whale meat peaked in 1962 at around 233,000 tonnes. And how does that break down to average consumption per person and perhaps compare to other sources of protein at the time? Um, well, for example, in 1960, the average person would eat 1.6 kilograms of whale meat a year, and that's opposed to 1.1 kilos of beef and 1.1 kilos of pork. In comparison, in 2014, an average person would eat 12.2 kilos of chicken, 11.9 kilos of pork, and basically no whale meat at all. Okay, so meat consumption as a whole was much lower back then, but whale was really significant to the national diet. Absolutely. It was like basically the main source of protein. So tell us about the IWC and the impact that had upon whaling in Japan. The 
IWC, the International Whaling Commission, was formed in 1946 to carry out the principles set forth in the International Convention for the Regulation of Whaling, its founding document. The document says that the IWC has to work towards the conservation of whale stocks and the orderly development of the whaling industry. But as whaling in the West declined around the 60s and early 70s, environmental activism became more visible in the international stage, and whale conservation began to dominate the international agenda in general, much more than the sustainable exploitation of whales. Eventually, a moratorium on commercial whaling was enacted in 1986, one which is still in place today. And this means, technically, you shouldn't be allowed to perform any commercial whaling? No. Okay, so for Japan, which is a country that has such a strong history with catching whales, it became such an important part of the diet... What's its relationship been with the IWC? Well, Japan joined the IWC in 1951. It's always taken a pro-whaling stance and has lobbied for commercial whaling despite the moratorium. That being said, it's also actually continued to whale despite the ban on commercial whaling. And how's it done this? They managed to take advantage of a loophole in the IWC's ban. Whaling for scientific purposes and research is still allowed, and the carcasses of the whales that are caught aren't allowed to go to waste, so to speak. So Japan's managed to uh, set up a lot of projects um, since 1988, justifying it as research, basically, and then selling on the meat of the whales they catch. And as a result of these loopholes and uh, the country's ability to whale for so-called scientific purposes, how many whales has Japan been catching over the last few years? Japan caught 637 whales last year. The figures really fluctuate. For example, in 2015, um, Japan caught as many as 520 whales. That's down from back in 2008 when 1,004 whales were caught. So it fluctuates, but usually it's around maybe the 500 mark-ish. But people within the IWC must have been aware of this loophole and the fact that Japan was taking advantage of it to... Uh, catch whales and then, by effect of not wasting the meat, sell it on to their uh, citizens. Was there not any action taken upon this? Yes, there was. Um, In 2014, the International Courts of Justice did rule that the Japanese whaling projects couldn't be justified as conducted for purely scientific purposes, meaning Japan lost its case for saying that their whaling projects was legally sound under the principles of the IWC. Despite this, Japan continued their so-called scientific research. Conservation activist groups have always been very critical of Japan's guise, so to speak, to hunt for whales for scientific research. A famous incident is when the activist organization, the Sea Shepherds, conducted a string of harassment campaigns around 2006, obstructing Japanese vessels from their so-called whaling research. Over the last nine years, Sea Shepherds say their intervention has saved the lives of more than 4,000 whales. And this year, they say the Japanese... How has Japan and perhaps the Japanese uh, general public perceived this criticism and these anti-whaling activities? In general, the criticism against Japanese whaling is said to have sparked what some call an anti-anti-whaling sentiment in Japan, meaning that the Japanese public doesn't necessarily have a strong opinion on whaling itself, but they are sort of against those who are anti-whaling. They don't like the idea that someone from abroad would tell Japan what to do when there's a long history and tradition of whaling. 
Okay, so there's a long history of whaling in Japan. Uh, it signed up to the IWC in 1951. It's come to loggerheads uh, with anti-whaling factions within the IWC. What's happened recently? Japan officially left the IWC and resumed commercial whaling in its coastal waters starting July 1st. When Japan was conducting the scientific research projects, they were whaling in international waters as far afield as the Antarctic Ocean. But now that they've left the IWC, they'll only be whaling within their coastal waters, which is 200 nautical miles from Japan's coast. But we both know that Japan is an archipelago that stretches pretty much from Russia in the north to Taiwan in the south. So what kind of area does this cover? This covers 4.5 million square metres, making Japan a country that has a huge exclusive economic zone that outsizes how big the islands are themselves. That's basically the trade-off that Japan had to agree with, minimising the area they can whale in return for being able to resume commercial whaling. And under this new policy, um, are Japan setting a quota for themselves or are they completely free to catch as many whales as they want? The fisheries agency has announced an annual quota of 383 whales. And how did they come to this number? It's calculated based on what's called RMP or the revised management procedure. And this is a calculation system developed by the IWC in 1992 that estimates the number of whales that can be sustainably caught without affecting the longevity of the whale population. So why has this happened? Because, I mean, it seems so surprising that Japan would be part of the IWC, uh, part of this commission and an active member of it. But then it's quite a big deal, no, for it to strike out on its own and just claim its territorial waters. Well, it, in a way, it's not a big surprise because Japan has been lobbying since the moratorium by the IWC came into place for the IWC to accept commercial whaling. Um, it's been a big issue for a long time. And Japan's stance is basically that the IWC should stick to its founding principles, which is both the conservation of whales as well as the sustainable growth of the whaling industry. So Japan had been repeatedly pushing for the resumption of commercial whaling but the anti- and pro-whaling camps within the IWC had been at an impasse about this for so long. And in December last year, Japan basically, well, you could say threw in the towel or decided to exit gracefully, depending on how you look at it. And what did the Japanese government um, say about this at the time? Well, Chief Cabinet Secretary Suga, when he made the announcement, um, said... That, much to the Japanese government's regret, that there's no place in the IWC for differing opinions and positions within the organization, and that that was why they were going to leave the IWC. With that being said, what will Japan's new relationship to the IWC actually be? Well, Japan will um, have an observer status. So they're not a full member, but they will sort of still be involved in the IWC. They'll still be sitting in meetings and etc. Japan says that that fulfills its obligation um, under international law to be part of an international organization uh, in order to whale. But critics say that 
um, under international law. The implication is that being part of an international organization in order to whale well means you have to take on the obligations and comply by the rules set forth by that organization. So you can't just be an observer. You can't be just an observer because being an observer means that you don't take on like the rules of that organization. So people say that it does go does run counter to international law. Um, some say there is a risk of Japan getting sued, but that's something that we may or may not see in the future. So we discussed earlier that back in the 1960s, well meat was a really important source of protein for the country, but nowadays, it's not really eaten at all. So I wonder, could you give me a sense of how much whale meat is actually consumed by the general public these days? So in 2017, uh, the annual amount of whale meat that was consumed within Japan was 3,000 tonnes, and that's down from roughly 200,000 tonnes in 1962, as I said earlier. Um, if you break down the 3,000 tonnes figure, that calculates to about people eating on average a year 30 to 32 grams per head. So it's really not very much. It's a very insignificant part of the diet. That's right. So where might you find whale meat in everyday Japanese life? Can you find it in supermarkets? Not really. Um, in some regional areas, it is still consumed as a sort of regional cuisine. Uh, there are a few whaling restaurants, or whaling restaurants, um, restaurants that specifically sell whale meat, but... I think for most people, it's sort of a nostalgic thing. And the younger population in Japan, for example, doesn't really have an opinion on um, whale meat per se because it's just not very accessible. Mm, and you've even seen it being marketed as whale bacon to try and get younger Japanese people on board with the idea of eating whale meat. Yeah, whale meat is, has an image of being like cheap and um, not very tasty. And so... That's why companies process whale meat as whale bacon, you know, try to make it more accessible to people. But that's the general image that people have of whale meat. Cheap, uh, something from the 60s, from the post-war era, and just not so tasty. So consumption is low. The general public uh, doesn't seem to like the taste of whale meat that much anyway. So who are the big players actually pushing for the country to resume its commercial whaling agenda? So the main players would be, firstly, the fisheries agency, which sets aside an annual budget of 5 billion yen for whaling research, uh, the whaling industry, etc. There's also the Japan Whaling Association, which conducts research into whaling. Um, Kyodo Senpaku, which is a commercial uh, company that... Um, actually sort of processes and sells uh, whale meat. Um, there's also the Institute of Cetacean Research, which is, um, I guess you could say, sort of the uh, PR company or the company uh, or um, the institute that sort of deals with um, trying to improve the public image of whale meat. And how have these groups and even fishermen who've been allowed to resume commercial whaling since July 1st, how have they reacted to this new policy? So they think it's great. Um, I've talked to a person at Kyodo Senpaku, the company that does um, uh, that has resumed commercial whaling as well, and he said um, 
it's it they've been waiting and lobbying for this for 31 years and um it was quite interesting because he was saying he didn't want to let his forebears down either because he was thinking about all the people who had lobbied for this for so long and so he was sort of like oh i feel a lot of responsibility about being in a generation where commercial whaling could be resumed. So he seemed very happy about it. And do they think that um, whale consumption is going to increase? So a lot of people I talked to also said that the reason that whale meat consumption has gone down is because uh, Japan couldn't hunt whales commercially. So the supply went down first and then the demand went down accordingly. Uh, so, for example, the person that I talked to at Kyoto Senpaku was saying that he hopes that with commercial whaling, prices will go down, uh, there'll be more channels for uh, whale meat to be sold, and uh, peop- it would just become more accessible to the public in general. But this kind of disagrees with you know that earlier perception we talked about, that whale meat is just not very nice anyway, and that there are better sources of protein and animal meats if you want them out there. So I do think it's up to the general uh, public to decide um, how whale meat fits into the general Japanese diet. Um, But a chef that I talked to who owns a restaurant that um, sells whale meat specifically, that does whale cuisine specifically, Ishikawa Hajime, he was saying Japan really needs to think about why they wail. There's all this propaganda about Japan having to wail because it's the history, it's the tradition. Um, And he personally felt from his personal experiences that Japanese people in general do think that whaling should continue, but they don't really understand why it's so important for Japanese culture. And there has to be sort of an underlying philosophy or an underlying vision about how Uh, whale meat kind of fits into Japanese culture, tradition, and mm, the diet in general. How widespread is that culture, though? Um, Is it really true? I mean, you've just used the word propaganda. Is it really true that whale meat has been caught universally across Japan and by Japanese people? Or is it more of like a regional thing? It's more of a regional thing. There are areas that have uh, traditional dishes that have whale meat in them, but it's kind of more perhaps up north in Hokkaido, down in Kyushu. It's not a national thing, and that might be why it's uh, harder to kind of form a general national public opinion on whaling and whale meat in general. Okay, let's move on from public perception to conservation. How is the decision to move from whaling in international waters for so-called scientific research to whaling in um, territorial waters for commercial research likely to affect the conservation of whale species? The official government line is that it won't affect the population of whales because it will be carried out under IWC standards. And the whales that they are hunting either aren't endangered or have growing populations. But conservationists are concerned about how whaling will affect not just whale populations, but also, perhaps more importantly, the general health of the ocean and marine ecosystems. But the idea that fewer whales will be affected due to the shifting of the zone from international waters to its own 
economic zone may not hold. The fact of the matter is that we don't know everything about whales, how they fit into the marine ecosystem, or what kind of impact whaling has on them. Yes, it always seemed a bit of a strange idea, the idea that whales would be thinking about our imagined political zones when they're migrating across huge swathes of the ocean. Yeah, exactly. And I think the division comes from how people have framed the fact that we don't know the impact whaling has. Conservationists would argue that The fact that we don't know the impact is exactly why whaling should be banned. But on the other hand, the Japanese government would argue that whaling shouldn't have an impact on whale populations in general as long as quotas are calculated in accordance with RMP. The question is most likely to come down to whether Japan and uh, the whalers in Japan stick to these quotas. And obviously commercial whaling isn't the only challenge facing whale populations now. So maybe drawing back a bit, putting it into a bit of a broader context, I wonder how significant commercial whaling is relative to other factors affecting whale populations, such as ship strikes and plastic pollution of the oceans. Things like entanglement in fishing gear, pollution in marine habitats, the effect of ocean noise. These are things conservationists are focusing on, and this is where the IWC will probably head in terms of their agenda. Patrick Grimage of the International Fund for Animal Welfare was saying that the IWC is migrating from being a whalers club to a whale conservation club. And their focus is now more on marine conservation in general, and as part of that, whale conservation as well. So Japan leaving the IWC may actually free the organization up to focus more on this and less on debates about whether commercial whaling should be allowed or not. Well, Sakura... Thank you very much for joining us in the studio today. And all I can say now is Potskare Sama. Potskare Sama yourself. Thank you for having me, Oscar. <laughs> Been saving that for two months. <laughs> You can find all of Sakura Murakami's excellent reporting for the Japan Times at www.japantimes.co.jp. You've been listening to Deep Dive from the Japan Times with me, Oscar Boyd. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And to all of you who've left reviews, ratings and feedback, please do keep them coming. You can subscribe to Deep Dive and find more episodes on all major podcasting platforms. Join us on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on the episode by following the account at Japan Deep Dive. Thank you as always for listening and see you next time.